Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. Hello and welcome in Monday edition of the program. Glad to have you with us as we start another week here on the show. Uh, Just a couple things to get out of the way. First off, there will be no show on Tuesday and also on Thursday this week for sure. That's because of uh, some things I have going on Tuesday. But Thursday, there's a bats game, a day game scheduled that uh, begins in the 11 o'clock hour. So just a couple programming notes to begin the week. Otherwise, things should go on as normal this week. It is Derby Week, which is a really fun time in the area and uh, always try to get over to the track at least one day this week. It's just a, a special place, especially when you know the Derby is just around the corner and uh, should be a lot of fun events and fun happenings going on, uh, not just in Louisville, but throughout Kentuckiana this week and just kind of a special week to be here uh, in the area. So I'm sure we'll talk a, a little bit of Derby. We'll get some maybe advice on picks, but uh, we'll keep it pretty much focused on IU basketball and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective and glad to have you with us as we begin another week of the program. Let's take a look at the show lineup for today, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Segment one coming up here in just a few moments. We'll have a look at our headlines for the day. A lot of IU football, a lot of NFL draft stuff I want to touch on. Micah McFadden obviously led the way. He was drafted in the fifth round of the NFL draft over the weekend. We'll talk about that. And really a slew of IU players getting undrafted free agent NFL opportunity. So good for them. We'll cover all those names for you. And then one of the things I always like to do, and I'm not a big NFL person. I do really like college football and Big Ten football. I really like to see how the draft picks break down as far as how many from each conference. And, uh, of course, once again, you can bet on it. The SEC led the way, and Georgia set a new record with the number of draft picks that they had uh, in this year's NFL draft. But we'll talk about that coming up and a lot more here in our opening segment. Later in the show uh, on Mondays, we're joined by Zach Osterman of the Indianapolis Star. With Zach, we'll talk some IU basketball headlines and a few other notes as well. Then later in the hour, no Chad Gilbert today, but I want to spend that final segment, a final few minutes of this Monday show, kind of going through high school baseball. Because yesterday, last night, the baseball and softball sectional pairings came out. It's hard to believe we're in the month of May. It's hard to believe that the baseball and and softball and really spring sports postseasons are going to be here just two or three weeks down the line, depending on the sport. And uh, there's some interesting sectional draws to talk about from a baseball perspective. And so we'll do that here a little bit later in the show. And some of our local teams 
specifically Floyd Central and New Albany had really good weeks, and we'll highlight some of their accomplishments a little bit later in the program today. That's the show lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are still being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service still available as well at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. And the Thornton's text line is open. You can text me, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Your questions, your comments, your topics for the show, Whatever you want to send my way, love to have them, especially here as we're in off-season mode when it comes to basketball and football. Love to get your input, 502-414-1450. Thornton's is the perfect stop for all of the best pick-me-up items you need to get your day started, like their fresh coffee and delicious donuts. And again, the Thornton's text line is always open on our show at 502-414-1450. And a reminder, with this good weather, uh, consistently reasonably warm. It's been a little windy or breezy, but that uh, made, I thought, the weekend pretty comfortable outside. Uh, pretty good golf weather, it appears, coming up this week and over the next few weeks as we really get into spring. The Big X Sports Radio golf card available now. Uh, it features Chariot Run, Old Capital Golf Club, Elk Run, Valley View, and Christmas Lake in Santa Claus, Indiana. You can play these great courses for under $25 a round with the 2022 Big Exports Radio golf card. Supply is limited. Get yours today online at BigXSportsRadio.com or you can call 812-725-1457. Again, Chariot Run, Old Capital Golf Club, Elk Run, Valley View, and Christmas Lake for under $25 a round. That includes a cart as well. A lot of people realize that golf cards a steal and a lot of Southern Indiana courses. So IU fans, Southern Indiana residents, uh, jump on that while supplies are still available. The Big X Sports Radio Golf Guard on the website, BigXSportsRadio.com. Let's get into our headlines for this Monday edition of the program. Let's start with the NFL Draft. Uh, as we thought, as a lot of the draft experts predicted, uh, Micah McFadden selected in the fifth round by the New York Giants. He's, he was the lone IU player that was drafted in the NFL draft that began late last week on Thursday night and finished up over the weekend. Also, a number of players getting opportunities as an undrafted free agent. Raheem Lane, he is with the Los Angeles Chargers. He's been picked up as a free uh, as a undrafted free agent, former defensive back for the Hoosiers. Also, as undrafted free agent deal, uh, Caleb Jones signed a deal with the Green Bay Packers former Indiana offensive tackle and Indiana tight end Peyton Hendershot. He signed with the Dallas Cowboys as an undrafted free agent, as did Ty Freifogel, a wide receiver. He's with the Cowboys as well, so a little IU flavor on uh, Jerry Jones's uh, franchise next year as Freifogel headed to the Cowboys as well. And then the most recent I've saw, defensive end Ryder Anderson, he accepts a or has accepted a training camp invitation uh, from the Green Bay Packers. So he's trying to work his way in uh, to the NFL as well. It'll be interesting to see outside of McFadden, who we think will be on the roster for next season, who who from IU gets an opportunity 
to play pro football uh, next season. Also, an interesting uh, get from the transfer portal. Remember, the deadline to enter the portal, it's expired. So anybody, there was a late rush of basketball, even some football guys getting into the portal over the weekend. You can no longer enter the portal. That That's closed. But you can still take commitments from out of the portal. And Indiana got a commitment on Sunday uh, from Tennessee wide receiver Anderson Kobe, a six foot two, hundred eighty pound wide receiver from Tennessee, uh, thirty three commitments now in the twenty twenty two class for IU, and the sixth transfer on the offensive side of the board that Coach Allen and his staff have added to the roster for next season. Kobe is from Deerfield Beach, Florida, and spent last season with Tennessee, the Volunteers, and played the twenty twenty year at Northeast Mississippi Junior College. Played one game at Tennessee last fall, did Kobe, and did not record any stats, but still an interesting pickup for IU. We'll see how he fits into the Hoosiers' offense next season. And then uh, getting back to the NFL draft for a moment, um, always interested how this shakes out. Georgia set a record in the draft. Most players picked from a single school. 15 Georgia Bulldogs were taken among the 262 players selected this past weekend. Uh, that record break by Georgia breaks a previous record that was owned by Ohio State of the Big Ten Conference when they had 14 players drafted back in 2004, and then LSU matched that a year ago or a couple years ago in 2020. So a really big weekend for the Georgia Bulldogs as far as getting players into the NFL. As far as the breakdown by conference, again, 262 draftable spots over the weekend. The SEC had 65 players drafted to lead college football this past season. Georgia, again, with 15 of those. LSU next in line with 10. And Alabama slipped a little bit. They were down to just seven players taken in the draft uh, from this past season. Also, the Big Ten next in line. But take a look at the difference. 65 SEC players, 48 Big Ten players. So even though Big Ten the second-best conference, you could say, as far as NFL drafts go. uh, Still considerable distance between uh, SEC and Big Ten schools. Penn State led the way with eight. Ohio State had six draft picks. Michigan and Wisconsin each had five. Michigan State, Minnesota each had four. Purdue, Nebraska, and Illinois, those three all had three draft picks. Iowa, Rutgers, Maryland had two. And Indiana was at the bottom of schools in the Big Ten that had draft picks with just one in Micah McFadden. If you're curious who was third behind the Big Ten, another big gap from 48 Big Ten uh, draftees down to 25 players picked from the Pac-12 conference led by UCLA with six. The Big 12 conference was next with 25 players. SEC had 21 players, and and it drops off considerably from there. But uh, another good showing by the Big 10 and a decent showing, I think, in the draft from uh, Hoosier football players. But we'll see now if some of those guys are able to to land spots in the NFL on rosters next season. One other thing uh, on IU basketball and recruiting, you know, we've kind of said that with the uh, pickup uh, a few weeks ago of Malik know uh, to the roster for next season. He's a 2022 recruit. Uh, Indiana has really jolted up the national recruiting rankings. In fact, 
a lot of uh, sites uh, and some of the more reputable sites have Indiana now having the best recruiting class in the Big Ten Conference for the class of 2022. ESPN is one of those. They have Indiana as the top Big Ten school and number eight overall in the country as far as the recruiting class goes. Also, on three, another college network out there, they've got Indiana uh, the best in the Big Ten with uh, a number 12 ranking for their class overall in the country. And a couple others, rivals, they've got Ohio State 1, uh, Illinois 2, Michigan 3, Indiana 4 uh, in their national team rankings based on their uh, the way they put it together for, for uh, who has the best recruiting classes. And then 247 Sports, uh, they've got Indiana second behind Ohio State. So if you look at each of these different uh, outlets, a lot of different thoughts and rankings and how they do things on who's going to actually have the best recruiting class. But Indiana has uh, definitely in the conversation for the best recruiting class in the 2022 recruiting class for Mike Woodson, his second, uh, I guess you could say second full recruiting class as he uh, took the job in the offseason a year ago. That's a look at our headlines for this Monday edition of the program. Don't forget we've got Zach Osterman of the Indianapolis Star coming up in the next segment. We'll talk all things IU, basketball, a little football also. And then we're going to spend the final segment of the show talking about the IHSA baseball state tournament pairings that came out on Sunday night. Some interesting picks. That 4A sectional, it's going to be played at Jennings County this year. New Albany and Floyd Central will play right out of the gate, and it's very possible that the winner of that game will take on Jeffersonville if they can get past Jennings County. And if you look at that sectional, we'll get more into this later in the hour, but Jennings County's got an IU pitcher commit who's really good in Jacob Vogel. Jeffersonville's got great pitching as well. They're working to get their hitting put together uh, for the postseason, but New Albany and Jeff, uh, New Albany and Floyd, I should say, both had big wins this weekend, this past week as well, and uh, those two teams I think could be considered as contenders in the 4A sectional. So that one is going to be a lot of fun. It's amazing. It just seems to work out where the locals draw each other and we get set up to to broadcast some really, really good games and some rivalry games in the postseason. So that obviously caught my eye. But we'll review not only the 4A sectional, but all the local pairings and get you updated on high school baseball, which once again is really, really good uh, in this area. We'll talk about that later in the hour as well. We'll head to a commercial break. The Thornton's text line is open. That number is 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Get your questions in now for Zach on IU basketball. Maybe you got a football question. We're going to dive into that a little bit when we come back as well. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You f***ed it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. Well, 
We're back on this Monday edition of the program. Zach Osterman of the Indy Star, our guest to talk IU basketball and more. The Thornton's text line is open at 502-414-1450. And, Zach, I want to start with some football and the NFL draft. I mentioned Micah McFadden earlier today. Uh, he went in the fifth round uh, uh, over the weekend. I mentioned that earlier in our show today. And then a number of IU players signing undrafted free agent deals, uh, maybe getting a invite to a workout, trying to find their way into the NFL. For IU and for the Big Ten, how did this draft go, Zach? Well, you know, for the Big Ten, I'd have to kind of take a further look around. I think, obviously, you did see plenty of Michigan in the first couple of rounds, plenty of Ohio State, some Penn State, sort of what you'd expect. I think for IU, it probably went about as expected, um, if anything. You know, and, and I, I wasn't diving into, you know, fourth and fifth round previews and things like that. But um, if anything, I, I think Michael McFadden may have gone a little bit higher than what a lot of what a lot of experts kind of expected. I, I, I'm not going to predict he's going to be a star or anything like that. I, I do think he'll be a really solid pro. I understand the knocks against him at the NBA or the NFL level. Um, you know, his, his speed, particularly laterally, his size. Um, but I think at minimum, you know, what was he thinking in the fifth round? I mean, at minimum, you're getting a guy that I think is going to help you a lot on special teams. At maximum, you're getting a guy that I think could develop into a starter in the next three or four years um, if things kind of go in the right direction for him. Um, the other guys, you know, I mean, I, I think there were just too many questions. You know, Ty Fogel is a player that has some really obvious strengths, but also, you know, I think didn't really answer a lot of the questions maybe about his weaknesses, his, his separation ability and things like that um, by coming back last year. Ryder Anderson is a physical specimen, but also maybe a player that I think is going to need to work to find a home, possibly positionally. Again, I don't want to get too into it. I'm not, I'm not, you know, a hyper draft guy the way some people are. Um, but, I, you know, I, I guess the way I'd boil it down is I'm not particularly surprised that it went as it went for Indiana. I think there are some good prospects there. McFadden was definitely the best of them. And there's also a reminder that when you go two and 10, you know, the NFL is not exactly looking at your roster as stacked with prospects. Yeah, no question. Talking with uh, Zach Osterman of the Indianapolis Star. Zach, uh, another football note before we transition into some basketball. I saw the Hoosiers picked up a player from Tennessee, a wide receiver who I think played one game, didn't record any real stats a season ago for the Volunteers. Uh, how how has the transfer portal activity been going for IU football, it seems like the last few months we've been so in, engaged with what's going on with IU, other schools in the Big Ten, and really how the transfer portal is kind of transforming college basketball overall that I haven't paid as close of attention to what's going on in the portal from a football perspective. I mean, they've been busy. They, they've had a, a number of guys go out. They've had a number of guys come in. Um, I want to say that this, this, this uh, Cody, the wide receiver from Tennessee, I think is their 33rd signing in 2022 technically. Now, obviously some of those are transfers, so you don't quite see it the same way. It's not quite classified the same way, but still that's quite a lot. I mean, that's a lot of new faces. And I, listen, I, I think this was a program, and I think we've talked about this, that probably needed some, some turnover. You had a lot of guys who've been around for a long time, and it's not even like they were bad players, but maybe like it was time for, you know, just, just, 
a little bit of sort of everybody to look around and say, okay, let's, you know, let's, let's move a new generation in here. Let's make some room for younger guys to come through. Let's bring in, you know, kind of fresh voices, fresh ambitions. I think that's what the, the, the portal has been. I don't want to say it's good. I mean, well, you know, time will tell, but I think that's what the portal, at least in theory, has kind of done for Indiana here. And again, time will tell us if some of these guys are going to be impact. Not all these guys. I mean, you know, for example, the, a guy you pick up in May after sort of the spring practice shakeout probably isn't a player that you're going to be looking to for big minutes and, and you know, just, just all kinds of impact as a, uh, in 2022 probably more of a depth piece, maybe a special teams piece. Um, but there are some guys in there. I mean, I think Sean Shivers is going to have a big role in that running back room, for example. Um, you know, I think we've heard we've heard Tom Allen talk about uh, Tevis, the, the defensive transfer from Cal. Maybe it is just kind of time. I think you have kind of this generation of guys who, I'm not saying they got complacent, but I think a generation of guys that probably felt like they'd accomplished a lot of what, needed accomplishing at Indiana from their perspective from when they committed. And I think now you bring in, again, some fresh voices, some fresh ambitions to a program that, that after last season really needs it. All right, Zach Osterman of the Indianapolis Star, my guest, starting with some football here on this Monday edition of the program. Let's get into some basketball stuff the rest of the way. Uh, Texter writes in on the Thornton's text line, what are the odds – of Logan Duncombe transferring out, Davis and Brooks, talking about Keon Brooks getting to be teammates there at Indiana for their last year of college. Well, the transfer portal deadline was uh, has passed, so uh, I don't look for Duncombe or anyone else to transfer out at this point. But uh, there has been an uptick, and IU fans are really interested uh, in Keon Brooks. And does Indiana get involved with him? Uh, in the transfer portal now that he's chosen to to uh, exit Kentucky. I, any thoughts on Keon Brooks? He was a highly recruited player when he was in high school by Archie Miller and his staff. And really, if you look back at Archie Miller's time, uh, the success he had recruiting the state of, Indi- of Indiana was, was very legitimate. Keon Brooks is one of the few players that he went after at the level he did and was not able to keep in state. But do you expect Indiana to get involved with things here with Keon Brooks being a late addition to the portal? I guess we'll see. I mean, I think we, we need to see how kind of everything smooths out. I think yesterday, if I'm not mistaken, was the, the deadline to get into the portal and, and get immediate eligibility, like where you, where you transfer next. Um, now, I guess what I don't know is whether that means you had to submit your paperwork by yesterday or whether you had to be certified as in the portal yesterday because, you know, those those are two sort of separate things in a lot of respects. Um, like, those are two separate steps in the process, and I think it takes, like, 24 to 48 hours. Like, if you, if you want to enter the portal, I think it takes 24 to 48 hours to actually be in the portal, so to speak. Um, but, you know, I think it is probably a safe bet to assume that, Anybody who's not at least in that process, again, I don't know where exactly the, the NCAA from the, the waiver perspective sees you as quote-unquote in the portal, but anybody who's at least not in that process by now, uh, I think it would be a lot harder for them to gain immediate eligibility, and therefore you would assume they'd be less likely to transfer. So in terms of outs for Indiana, unless the ball is rolling on somebody there, and it's, it's certainly possible that it is, and we just don't know about it yet, 
I don't I don't know that you can really forecast you know another player leaving. You do obviously have Trace Jackson Davis in in the in, uh, in the NFL. I'm getting my sports mixed up here. <laughs> the NBA draft, as about to the NFL draft, and I almost said it twice. Um, uh, you know he didn't get picked this weekend either, Trace Jackson Davis. But um, the if you're Indiana, you know, could you have interest in a Keon Brooks? I mean, you've already got interest in Dexter Dennis, who isn't the same player, but probably fills a similar spot in your uh, kind of in your, you know, positionally speaking, if you're IU. Um, I guess I could see it. I wouldn't necessarily predict it. I think a lot would have to kind of go on there. But I do think it's 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 certainly something that given – you know, on the one hand, I feel like Keon Brooks is never going to go away. Like, I think IU fans are still going to be asking in 10 years, you know, if, if there's a chance Keon Brooks could transfer in. On the other hand, I think it would make a lot of sense if you are Indiana, if there is mutual interest and you have the space. He is an in-state guy. You would imagine that there's already a comfort level with a lot of what's there, the campus the facilities, obviously, again, he's in state. So that's part of it. Um, I think that, you know, it would just be a question of whether there was mutual interest and again, whether Indiana has the space, because that's obviously important too. All right. The the next topic I have for you, uh, Zach, is speaking of Trace Jackson Davis. Uh, I, I've read different places that NBA combine invites have went out, but I really haven't seen any sort of list or that players have accepted. I'm assuming it's the type of invite when you get, you accept. Uh, there's no questions asked about that. But uh, I think that the, what I'm seeing, that we're going to find out something today, tomorrow, very soon about Trace and if he received an NBA combine. Have you heard anything about that process, or do you know if those did go out for sure? I don't know if they've gone out. I, I do know that there is a relative expectation that he's going to be invited, like talking to some, some NBA people. And, and I, I'm pleased to understand. I'm not trying to make myself sound overly important, but just in trying to get a sense from some of the people around the league that I know and trust, you know, where trace fits. I think, I think people would be surprised if he didn't get a combine invite. And then, you know, from there, obviously teams can get a look at you at the combine and really start evaluating you then. And then that's also that can also be a conduit to getting more individual workouts, which I think would also be important, whether he came back or stayed in the draft for Trace Jackson Davis in terms of being able to have some one-on-one time in their own facilities with NBA teams. Um, I don't know if they've gone out, but or very least, I don't know like what the sort of the deadline is on they go out, you have to accept them by this date or whatever. As you said, you would imagine just about any player would accept an invite if, it, if one was extended. Um, I don't know why you wouldn't, frankly. Um, but if that is – if Jerry Jackson Davis gets invited, that is basically the next step in the process for him. And I would be, you know, again, talking to NBA people, I would be surprised if he's not. Zach Osterman, the Indianapolis Star, our guest. The IU basketball, the 2022 class – uh, you know, when, when Malik Renault committed, uh, kind of vaulted to the top of the Big Ten uh, as far as the recruiting classes incoming for next season. And I think as things have leveled out now that some of the final rankings have been published uh, by the major services out there, a couple like ESPN have IU still at the top of the conference. 
Uh, one has Indiana second. Uh, maybe one has Indiana as low as fourth. But nonetheless, uh, when you look at this 2022 recruiting class uh, for Mike Woodson in his second year of leading this program, to be even in the conversation as one of the top few teams in the conference, I think is a major success. So far, recruiting a grade for Mike Woodson, and you don't have to give a specific letter grade, but he's got to be passing with flying colors, I would think, based on who he's been able to bring in, the assistant coaches he's locked in once again that seem to have very, very strong recruiting ties in different places of the country. But recruiting, I think, has gone very well thus far for Mike Woodson, right? No, I think that's, I think that's very fair. And, I mean, it, it, obviously – that is always rightly or wrongly the question that we ask about NBA guys is are they prepared to kind of do the hard work that goes into recruiting? It, it always, I think probably gets a little bit overstated, but it is undeniably there as, you know, kind of a question that, that needs answered um, when a guy drops down from the, the NBA to the college game to be a head coach. Um, I think especially if you take 2022 in the context of 2021 and 2023, which is always kind of important, you know, in 2021, you hold on to Logan Duncan. I think as importantly, you add Tamar Bates. That felt like a, a, a big sort of early statement for lack of a better term. Um, 2022, obviously there's some really important pieces there up to and including Malik Renault, the, the, the late addition. Um, and then you kind of look at it, you've got a, a strong kind of, you know, ball handling guard in Jalen Huchifino. You've got shooting talent. You've got a high ceiling sort of hybrid forward in Caleb Banks. You've got a guy that I think could probably contribute substantial minutes right away, depending on the role you need him in and Malik Renault. And then in 2023, you're already off to a great start with Gabe Cups and Ja'Kai Newton, who aren't the same player, but both fill, you know, sort of backcourt holes that you can kind of see coming out of 2022 and maybe more accurately the 2022-2023 season. Um, so it's, it's that you're getting guys is important. It is also basically that if you kind of put all of this together and, and listen, in the portal era, stuff is always fluid and, and changing. But when you put all this stuff together, you look at it and say, there's a lot of really sensible roster planning going on here that, that a lot of these, a lot of the pieces being added are that they, they, you can see how they fit together and how, you know, one replaces another and those kinds of things. And obviously that's, that's as important um, even in maybe an era of less roster stability um, that's as important as just scoring big wins is, is I mean, it goes, it should go without saying to some extent, but getting the right guys, so to speak. I just wonder when are uh, transfer portal uh, rankings going to exist? I, I know in Renault's case, he he latched on as a 2022 commit, so he goes in that class. But with how important the transfer portal uh, selections are and, and additions are, and who who leaves, who comes, who goes, uh, I just wonder when some of these recruiting services will start keeping tabs on who had the best portal class each year. I think we're headed in that direction for sure. I think I think in football that's already kind of happening and wow. I don't totally understand the, the math behind it, but I, I think that your, your work in the portal is kind of being built into your work in like your overall class. It's not like, I think there's, I think there's essentially sort of two distinct rankings. And I don't, again, I don't know how all that is 
classified completely, but I mean, I think, I think to some extent we're there, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I agree. And one other thing too, basketball wise, I wanted to get your opinion on, I mentioned this Friday with, with Dylan Wallace when he was with us, but I wanted to get your take on it as well. When we think about this IU roster for next season, uh, a player that I, I'm intrigued by based on who he was coming into IU and what he did in the minutes he he did get last season is Tamar Bates. And I saw a, a story from one of the recruiting analysts out there that they, they put him as a top 10 player uh, that could become a NFL or in, I'm all messed up on the drafts now. Could become an NBA <laughs> NBA draft uh, prospect. Could see his stock improve with a, a solid season next year. Tamar Bates in that discussion. Um, when you think of him for next year and you think of his ability uh, to maybe be a pro player, you factor in who's coming back, who's not. Trace Jackson Davis is kind of the, the missing piece for sure that we're waiting to find out more on. But doesn't Tamar Bates line up to potentially have a, a big season next year for IU based on the ability, the potential we know he has? Yeah, I saw that too. I, I mean, to me, I think what that is, is it is, it, it is sort of a, I guess affirmation might be the best word in terms of, you know, those of us that, that watch IU basketball closely, whether you're a media fan, evaluator, big 10, whatever, um, those of us that watch IU basketball closely, I think, have, have watched Tamar Bates and still felt like there's there's clearly a talented player there, that that there is still a lot of untapped potential. And even if his freshman season didn't go quite according to plan, there's still, like, the capacity to see Tamar Bates becoming, at very least, you know, I mean, NBA prospect is, is obviously a that's, a that's a large gap to fill, but at very least a – uh, you know, an all Big Ten caliber player, a contributing member to a good Big Ten team, you know, starter maybe. I think that's kind of affirmation in one way that that's, you know, outside of the IU slash Big Ten bubble, other people see it that way too, if that makes any sense, that, that you can, you know, remove yourself from the sort of the IU sphere of influence, for lack of a better term, and people still kind of see Tamar Bates that same way. I think it just kind of affirms the idea that, that he is, he can be that kind of player if you press the right buttons, if he has the right off season, you know, if, if, if just the team can, the team, I mean, the coaching staff, you know, everyone in charge of his development can bring him along in the right ways, even after a, what was obviously a freshman season that I imagine probably didn't go according to, to anyone's expectation, but it's just a, a reminder that you don't have to be, watching every IU game, every minute of every IU game to feel like the talent is still there. Zach Osterman, the Indianapolis star with us. Zach is the IU beat writer for the star, and he joins us on Monday. want to work in one recruiting uh, topic for you because obviously the spring months, coaches have been on the road two weekends, but uh, will now be required to stay at home until the July live periods get here. But one of the players, I've seen some video, I've talked to friends that have been out at some of these events uh, as much as college coaches have uh, the Nike EYBL stuff and that J uh, Harrelson, Jalen Harrelson of Fishers High School in the Indianapolis area. He's a young player, going to be a sophomore next season, but already with an IU offer, has a Purdue offer as well. Lots of other schools have offered and or are very interested in him. 
it seems to me that he could be the first really, really big, and I don't want to compare him with Romeo Langford's stardom at all, but he could be the really must-get big-time prospect in the state, the first for Mike Woodson since he's been at IU. I think he is kind of – his recruitment feels like it's kind of taking on that that sort of vibe, for lack of a better term, that, that it's just kind of widely recognized that that is the sort of player that – he has the potential to be that his, his ceiling is very high. His floor might already be very high. And, and you're right. Like let's never anoint anybody. I mean, we, we have seen guys come through and get offers and, you know, their freshman year early in their career. And, and it just winds up not, not quite working out the way that they need it to from a developmental perspective. Um, but he is very much, you know, it's, it, it's kind of one of those where you look around and you say, well, this many coaches, this many staff, this many people can't be wrong about the potential that this player has and, and, you know, the potential ability that he's going to realize in the next few years. And I think he's going to be a name that we, we probably, you know, I, I don't want to talk about what his process is or anything because it's not like I've talked to, to him yet or whatever, but he's, it feels like he's going to be a name that people are going to be following and tracking and wanting to know, okay, you know, where is he going to school? Yeah, most definitely. Zach Osterman, the Indianapolis star, he joins us Mondays. Zach, as always, thanks for the, the help starting the week, and uh, we'll talk with you again next week. Hey, by the way, uh, I know you're uh, all Indianapolis and engaged there in your job covering IU, and you do a great job, but do you pay any attention to the Derby down here in Kentucky, down here in Louisville? I, I mean, I, I like everybody I do. Um, you know, I, I always joke that uh, the Derby and the Indianapolis 500 are, you know, the, the second and third best days on the spring calendar behind Little Five. Um, because Little Five is, is – I rode Little Five in college and I help coach a team now. So, um, you know, I, I, I like to pretend that it's as big of a deal. But I do pay attention <laughs> to the Derby. I, I mean, I've, I've watched it – even when I was a kid, uh, my – my grandmother loved it, you know, because she grew up in Chicago and the Derby was, was such a sort of social event and things like that. And we used to bet uh, a quarter on, you know, like the horse that was going to win. I, I can't tell you how many, how many uh, times I won that bet. Not, not probably not very often, but, but I've always enjoyed the Derby. I've always watched the Derby. I always try to make a mint julep on Derby day. It's usually pretty bad. Um, I've been down to one race when I was there, one, one Derby day when I was in college and, I mean, it's it's one of those special things. It's, it, it is it is like hearing back home again in Indiana at the, at the Little Five Hundred or the Indianapolis Five Hundred. It's it's when you hear my old Kentucky home. Um, it's really special, and, and it's just it's just kind of one of those one of those sights and sports that that just kind of sends a shiver up your back. Yeah, no question. Good stuff, Zach Osterman. Zach, you, thank you. We'll talk to you next week. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, as always. All right. Zach Osterman of the Indianapolis Star. He does a great job and kind enough to come on with us basically every Monday to uh, kind of kickstart the week, is what I always say from an IU basketball and sometimes football perspective. Sure appreciate Zach's uh, insight and joining us here each week on the program. We'll head to a commercial break. Come back. I want to recap. 
high school baseball, the uh, sectional draws came out last night in Indianapolis and some interesting uh, pairings for some of our local sectionals. So we'll talk about that, get you posted on uh, uh, the final few weeks ahead, really uh, three weeks away from baseball sectionals basically is where we're at. And uh, things are going to be a wrap for this season. Hard to believe we're moving through the spring sports, but this is the case Every year, the spring sports season uh, just moves so absolutely fast once we get to this point. We'll head to a break. We're back to uh, take a look at those pairings and wrap things up for this Monday edition of the program. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this in for... All the small schools never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. We're back on this Monday program final segment. I want to take a look at some high school baseball headlines and talk about sectional pairings. Those came out last night, but got to start with Floyd Central. They knocked off the number one ranked team in Kentucky uh, from across the river, St. X, earlier last week by a score of 3-1. And then on Saturday, they went down to New, uh, to Evansville North to take on the number two ranked team in 4A baseball in Indiana, and won that game 3-2. So Floyd Central really has it going and playing some great baseball here as they hit the middle part of the season. Uh, Also a big week last week, New Albany, they had a couple wins during the week and then knocked off uh, after Floyd Central did, number two ranked Evansville North. I guess it was a split doubleheader for North. They took on Floyd Central in the first game and New Albany in the second game. Landon Teasing started the game, pitched well. Tucker Biven came in and closed things out. And uh, New Albany won 6-3 to three in that game on Saturday against Evansville North. Also, the pairings came out yesterday from Indianapolis. Always fun to look at. For a sectional 15, it has been just an unbelievable sectional as far as good teams and talent over the years. Jennings County will host this six-team sectional this year. By the way, sectionals scheduled between May 25th and 30th. The dates vary based on the sectional location, but that uh, Memorial Day Monday of uh, May 30th, that is uh, when things will wrap up, weather pending uh, for baseball sectionals across the state. At Jennings County, Really interesting pairings. Jeff will take on Jennings County and their ace pitcher, Jacob Vogel. Will he get the start in that game against the Red Devils? Or will they roll the dice and try to hold him for later in the week? Game two at Jennings County, New Albany against Floyd Central. So the rivals will go at it in the first round. And it could be that a rivalry game between New Albany and Floyd leads to a rivalry game between the winner of New Albany and Floyd against Jeff in a semifinal game. So that would be interesting if the Red Devils can beat Jennings County. The bye game is Bedford North Lawrence against Seymour. And somebody brought this up, you know, in basketball, uh, the bye teams uh, don't play each other. They get the winner of the first round games. That was a change a number of years back by the IHSA at the 
I think it was the encouragement of the Indiana Basketball Coaches Association. But in baseball and other sports, those by teams still play each other uh, and do not play winners from the first round. Moving down to 3A, Madison is the host there. That's going to be a really good sectional. It's an eight-team sectional. Brownstown Central will take on our local team, Silver Creek. Charlestown, also a local. They will take on Scottsburg in Game 2. Game 3 is North Harrison against Cordon Central. Game four is Salem against the host Madison, and so it could be a Silver Creek-Charlestown game in a semifinal if both Silver Creek and Charlestown can win. Uh, Silver Creek could could win it. Madison is very good as well and hosting the event this year. So that will be an interesting sectional to follow as well. In 2A, Providence gets to host the sectional. It's a six-teamer. Clarksville will take on Henryville in Game 1. Providence will host Eastern Pekin in Game 2. And Crawford County and Austin will play each other in the bye game. So a good draw there. Uh, Providence and Clarksville could maybe meet in a semifinal if both of them are victorious. I think Providence is the favorite in the 2A sectional that they get the opportunity to host. And a couple 1A sectionals of interest, sectional 61 over at Lanesville, just five teams. Christian Academy of Indiana will take on Orleans. Borden will take on South Central in game number two. And then Lanesville, they got the bye, and they will take on the winner of the Christian Academy Orleans contest. Also at Shaw Memorial, a four-team sectional, and that's Crothersville against New Washington, our local, and then Shaw Memorial against West Washington and those teams will play in the championship. So some fun baseball ahead. We don't have anything this week, but we will get on some baseball uh, starting next week and uh, hopefully have some regular broadcasts between then uh, all the way up to the sectionals. So that will be fun, and I think we've got a chance to have some local winners. We've got some really good pitching in the area again and overall just some great players. Someone also sent me a note, Evan Goforth, a Floyd Central graduate who was an outstanding baseball player for the Highlanders. He's doing good things uh, with IU baseball this season, so he's another local to keep an eye on as the college baseball season continues. Been some real ups and downs so far for the Hoosiers on the baseball field. And also, uh, when you talk about baseball, I, I don't have any detailed stats. I don't even know the final score, but Josh Rogers got – the opportunity to pitch once again in relief for Washington over the weekend. I believe it was on Saturday. So he's been used in a relief role now twice for Washington here in the last few weeks, which is different, obviously, than what uh, we've always known Josh as a starting pitcher. So that's going to be interesting to watch as well. But baseball sectionals here before you know it. Let's hope that warm weather is here. And for all my friends locally that are ADs, normally we have Chad Gilbert on in this segment, but he's got some meetings today. I hope we we have good weather, not just warm weather, but no rain in the forecast so you can uh, conclude your spring sports seasons as scheduled. And of course, what a mess when you get into the tournament, have delays and cancellations. And I know turf fields, so many turf fields in the area, that's going to really help things. Uh, Obviously, Providence hosting a sectional. They've got turf. Jennings County has turf. 
Uh, so that will help the issues there. But uh, what a mess we get into with weather sometime in the spring, trying to get baseball postseason games in. But uh, we'll see how things go this year. But fingers crossed for warm weather and fingers crossed for uh, no rain as well. That's going to wrap up this Monday edition of the program. A reminder, no show Tuesday. I'll be gone tomorrow. And then no show on Thursday. We've got Bats Baseball in the 11 o'clock hour. Uh, but we should be good for the rest of the week. And glad to have you with us. We do this show every weekday at 11 a.m., complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. If you ever can't join us for the live show, you can catch the podcast. It's available on Apple Podcast, SoundCloud, and really wherever you listen to podcasts, all you got to do is search for the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison, and you'll find us there. So make sure you keep it with us every day for the latest on IU and local sports in Indiana. That's going to wrap things up for this uh, Monday edition of the show. I'll be back with you Wednesday at 11 a.m., so make sure you join us here. Until then, Matt Dennison, uh, this is the Hoosier Report.